Hello, good day. You're welcome to Moments of the Word with the Glory of Zion. I am Philemon Shawino, and I'll be anchoring this segment, this session of Moments of the Word with the Glory of Zion. Please remember to share this audio podcast with your friends, with your family, with anyone you can think of. There may just be someone in your sphere of contact that needs this. Remember also to please kindly send a feedback to the number or the email in the description of this audio podcast. Thank you very much and be blessed as you listen. In the Christian faith, we have Christians who are lacking in, in, um, in character. They lack in character as a Christian, Christian character and, um, and drive. Yeah, that's the word, the drive. You see, you find a suicide bomber bomber rather you find a suicide bomber and the person is going to probably um, has a heat on a particular location when they if they catch that person and they interview that person and they tell the person are you going to do this again if you had a chance the person will tell you yes the person is convinced that the cause for which he's doing whatsoever thing he is doing is worthy the person is convinced and convicted of the ideas, the thoughts that drive him. Same thing you find for all, every activist you find on this earth. But when, but when you take a look at Christians, when you take a look at the, the new creation that we have here on earth today, and you ask them, why, do you, why are you a Christian? And, and what is your drive? They seem to lack any drive. You have young people today who call themselves Christians, but they have a lack of character. If you're listening to me today, this is a call for you to review your convictions of your faith in Christ. See, look, listen to me, and 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 understand this. No matter how much you say you are something, you are anything. Maybe you are a Nigerian. You are. You are from Pakistan. No matter what or who you say you are, your being is defined by the conviction of your thoughts. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. So your being is defined by the conviction of your thoughts. If you are not convinced of certain things, you cannot be those things. So you will find Christians who on the last day will realize that they are not actually Christians. They were never Christians. Because they are not convinced. They're not convinced of certain truths. On the last day, you find those who find out that they are not actually Christians because they are not actually convinced of certain truths. They're not convinced of certain truths. Oh, I wish I pray to God that these words will reach you wherever you are and they will resonate in your spirit and every fiber of your being. Your convictions matter. What are your convictions like? What are your convictions like? Think about the, 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 the three Jews that were in, in captivity in Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, standing in the midst of a large multitude of, of slaves who are asked to bow. And not just slaves, slaves and, and subordinates to the kingdom of Babylon or the kingship in Babylon and its rulership. And they are asked to bow to the, to the god Dagon. 
and then these Jews refused to bow. What were their convictions? And then they are treated with fire. And the, the, the king, in fact, tells them to make the fire seven times hotter. And they still refuse to bow. Their words always shake me up. They say, oh king, he says, we will not bow. He says, we know our God is able to deliver us from this fire, but we will not bow. Even if he does not deliver us, still we will not bow. What were their convictions like? Think about Noah. What was his conviction like? He was convinced of certain truths. God had told him that a flood was going to come in a time where a flood had never happened. So, at that time, they were not used to anything called a flood. Now, Noah comes speaking of, oh, I know there's going to be a flood on so, 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 and so deep. And then he starts building an ark. If you check the measurements of the ark, it's so big, so large. And probably the only people that could have helped him out were his family, the only eight. And it's so big. He was so convinced of this truth. But think about Paul. Why should a man in his right state of mind say something like, um, we, we, are, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are taking a sheep to the slaughter every single day. And yet, he says, I'd rather that that happens, that the life of God may be manifest in my flesh. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, he says, the love of Christ constrains us. The, the amplified version of the Bible says, it pushes us to such extremes. He was convinced of certain things. Think about Luke. Luke in, in Luke chapter 1 says, it says, almost excellent theos He says, I know a lot of people have written about the accounts that took place while Jesus Christ was on earth. But he says, I thought it's only right, only rightful for me to also pen down these accounts. Since, pen down these accounts rather, of the things that are most surely believed amongst us. You know, these people were convinced of something. What are you convinced of? So I'm just going to be highlighting a, a, a few things that you should take note of to, to understand and to be convinced of your Christian faith. Look, you must be conscious that, I've, I've not started them, but I, I need to point this out. You must be conscious that you have an adversary. The Bible calls him the devil. The Bible says your adversary, the devil, goes around like a, a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. He says he's your adversary. It's, it's, you know, the scripture also direct and particular. It says your adversary, the devil. An adversary means someone who stands against you. So don't think that everything is neutral. And the Bible says he's the father of lies. So if your adversary, your enemy, the person who's standing against you, is the father of lies, then what should you have as your greatest weapon? The truth. The truth. The truth. And here are these truths I'm going to bring to you today. Firstly, you must be convinced that Jesus Christ came, that he came to this earth. You must be convinced as a Christian. You must not think or assume or or pretend that, oh, I believe in Jesus and, and you don't believe he actually came to earth. Or you do not believe he was born. You just believe it's a folklore, it's just a game, it's just a story. No, you must be convinced that Jesus Christ came. And why is this so important? You may be wondering, why, why, why must I be convinced of that? You know, the Bible says we are not ignorant of the wiles of the devil. If you are not convinced that Jesus Christ came to earth, then how can you be convinced of his salvation? And if you are not convinced of his salvation, how can you truly be saved? Now, I said, why is this so important? Because Jesus is God in flesh. The Bible says in John chapter 1 verse 1, it says, 
In the beginning was the world, and the world was with God, and the word was God. And then in verse 14, it says, The word became flesh. Who? Who was this flesh that the word had become? Jesus Christ. So if the word was God and the word became flesh, then God became flesh. Jesus was God manifested in human flesh. That's what Paul writes in the book of Timothy. He says, Great, in the first epistle to Timothy, he says, Indeed, great is the mystery of godliness. He says, God was manifest in the flesh. God is Jesus in flesh. So now, when you hear Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you know what Son of God really means. Son of God means God tabernacled in human flesh. The Bible says he came in Philippians chapter 2, who being found in the fashion of human flesh, says he humbled himself. Jesus is the embodiment of divinity in flesh. And you would you begin to the dots should begin to connect in your in your in your mind now, in your spirit. Because this is the distinguishing factor that separates Christianity from religion. This is the distinguishing factor that separates Christianity from religion. In religion, they are looking for God. They are trying to find God. They are, they are trying to access this the divine person. They are trying to access this supreme being. But in Christianity, that supreme being accessed the human world. That supreme being became a part of the human world. In religion, man is trying to reach God. In, in Christianity, God reached into man. God reached in to find man. He says, I have come. These are the words of Jesus. I have come to seek, to seek, and to save the lost. It's a story of love. It's a story of love. For God to have come down into man's world to change the status quo, it means that God, God's divine agenda has come to earth. It's no more far away. It's now in earth. And it's so significant. This is so important because if you don't understand this, you cannot understand why that there is a kingdom life to be lived. Why there is a kingdom life to be lived in the kingdom of God here on earth. When the disciples asked the, the master, how, how, how does he pray? He says, pray this way, in this manner. He didn't say follow this format. Just the manner. He says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He says, bless the father. Thy kingdom come. Second thing, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I told you, the agenda. The agenda. That's what he was telling them. He was telling them to, to, to be conscious of God's agenda here on earth. So when Jesus Christ came to earth, when God became flesh here on earth, the agenda of God was finally, it, 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 was, it was brought to fruition. After Jesus Christ accomplished all he did, God came to bring his agenda to fruition here on earth through Jesus Christ. You must understand this. It lays the foundation for every other truth we believe. If you do not believe Jesus Christ came to the earth, if you do not believe he came in flesh, then you won't understand any other thing. All the other convictions you ought to have in Christ Jesus, they will be paperweights. This is the story of love I told you. Man isn't anymore trying to figure out his agenda in relation to God. Man isn't trying to find his place in relation to God. Why? Because God came down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Secondly, you must be convinced that he suffered and died for you. That you shouldn't suffer or be in bondage to death anymore. 
you must be convinced that he suffered and died for you that you shouldn't suffer or be in bondage to death anymore I, I, I framed that specifically that way so you understand it. I said he suffered, number one, and he died. So that you won't suffer, number one. And secondly, you shouldn't be in bondage to death. It is rightful for a Christian to command his own death. Oh, I wish I could go into this. I wish I could go into the reality of the immortality that has come through the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But that's not for today. I, I, I'll just give you, I'll just scratch the surface for today. The surface of this topic. The conviction of the truth that he died that you do not need to suffer or die it's nothing it's no more oh um um you're you're now like you know when you study biology they do the life cycle so man is born he lives he dies i will explain why things have changed now i'll explain why things have changed you see it all started you know when, when we say jesus christ died for your sins some people don't understand in fact some people say it and they do not understand it themselves it all started with the issue of sin. Sin wasn't an act. It has never been an act. Maybe you're listening to me and you always feel sin conscious because of certain acts you do. The issue is your consciousness. It's not, it's not the sin itself if you're a Christian. Sin is a nature. It is not an act. It is a nature that causes the actions. I'll explain it to you this way. A thief is not a thief because he stole. A man steals, a thief steals because he's a thief. A man will steal because he's a thief. A liar will lie because he's a liar. The nature brings forth the fruits of itself in, in, in manifestations of actions that are carried out. You need to understand this. So God needed to deal with the nature of sin. In dealing with sin, God had tried the law. The law had come in time past. But the law only revealed sin. It only make, made sin, the Bible says, only made sin more sinful. It only made it more apparent. It says, when the law came, sin revived. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 7. When the law came, sin revived. So, sin was made visible by the law. Why? Because the law worked from the outside in. But sin was in nature. Man is a spirit, the Bible has made us understand, that lives in a body and has a mind. That spirit is where the nature of sin is embedded in. And this is because of the first Adam. You see it now. If you turn to the book of Romans chapter 3 verse 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned. How did all sin? It says, All have sinned. All except none. Not because of action. And have come short of the glory of God. I will show you what it is because of. You can, you can understand that better when you go to Romans chapter 5. And you read from verse number, I think I'll just take from verse number 12. It says, Wherefore, as by one man, who is this man? Adam. You, you can find that in the, in the latter verses, verse 14 and verse 15. It says, As by one man, sin entered into the world. So it wasn't always there. It entered into the world. It says, And death by sin. Remember I told you at the beginning of this podcast that, that death is a manifestation of sin. It says, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Why? Because of the sin of one man. So this is why it says all have sinned. So the all includes those who have not even been born. So when you are born of flesh, you are born in sin. Because of the nature of life, man 
is a spirit. So that light needs to die before Karoza Shalamante Kibahaya. Oh, don't don't lose me here. Don't lose me here. Don't lose me here. A life cannot start except one dies. One life cannot be except another dies. A man cannot have two lives inside one body. No, he must give one away to take up another. And that's why the Bible says, except a grain of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. So what did God do? The Israelites tried to appease God with sacrifices, symbolic of death, to appease for sin. They would kill rams, but it was not enough. God needed something final. Because every time, sin was more apparent through the law. And the blood, the, the death of bulls, the blood of bulls could not, and cattle and cow could not appease, could not appease for their sins. It was not enough, it was not sufficient, a sufficient sin offering for their sins, for the sins of man. Something tangible, something eternal had to deal with the nature of sin because the nature of sin was etched into man's spirit and the spirit of man does not die. So it was an eternal quantity that God needed to do away with. Maybe I should slow down a little. If you, what God is saying, what God is saying and what what we, we come to understand through the principles that God has revealed in his word is that even if a man dies for his own sin, his death is still not enough except it's an eternal death. So, even when you die, what, let me not say you three are not thinking, I'm, I'm not going to die. When a man dies physically, alright, if he does not have salvation for himself, he will have to die eternally in the lake of fire forever and ever. You see? So, an eternal death. So God needed something. God was God loved man, the Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world, the world of men, that he gave his only begotten son. Why? Why did he give his son to die? Because in the death of his son, his son, remember I told you, was God in flesh. He wasn't junior God. Jesus is God in flesh. So when that man was hanging on a tree, it was the body of God hanging on the tree. The very fabric that created creation was hanging on the tree. And by so doing, God enabled it. Enabled salvation to occur. What does salvation mean? It means every single person who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior also accepts that when he died, he died. So you die in him. And that death, his death is sufficient for every single thing, every single sin, every single death of every man. Because he's an eternal. He was God in flesh. I hope you understand this now. I really hope you do. I really hope you do. If you don't understand it, you should send me a message. You should send me a message and we'll talk more about it. I need to hurry up now. I need to be fast. So you must believe Jesus came to die. He suffered. He suffered before his death. So there is no point in you suffering. If you are suffering today, tell yourself, Jesus Christ has died for me. I do not need to suffer. I live a victorious life. Affirm the life of God. And you know, as we're getting into life, I'm going to talk about the resurrection. You must be convinced of the resurrection.
we must be convinced of the resurrection. Let me read from that same Romans chapter 5 verse 10. Verse 10 now. Let me read from verse 10. Hmm. It says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. It says, we were brought to God through the death of his son. Because God could not behold sin. But when sin was done away with, we were brought and reconciled to God. It says, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Glory to God. Jesus Christ didn't stop at the death. Christianity doesn't start at the death. It didn't start at the cross. It started after the grave. It started when he rose up. With a new kind of life and it starts also with the ascension as he is seated together with God so you must be convinced of his resurrection this is the crux of the matter and truly this is the beginning of Christianity let me read the scripture to you from Revelations sorry Romans rather chapter 6 verse 4 to 11 and it says therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead. He says we are buried with him. We are buried with him. When Christ died, he died. You must be convinced of that. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, we also should walk in newness of life. Oh, glory to God. Newness of life. Oh, remember I told you. One life cannot be without another going another dying if you were born with a certain life you cannot receive another kind of life except that first life you were born with dies hence the term being born again being born again means you were the first life was supplanted by another life how did this happen when jesus christ died the supplanting began the death of the first life and then the resurrection brought you into a new life life that's what the bible says in romans chapter 6 from verse 4 it says Verse 5, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be, the King James says, it may make you think, okay, this is futuristic. No, it's a now thing. It's a now thing that you would understand. It's just a term. Remember, the King James is a translation. The Bible was not originally written in English. It says, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. If your old man is crucified with him, then who is living now? who is living now can you see that it has to be a, a present our reality that you are living the life of God no wonder Paul says I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I yet not I but Christ lives in me glory to God verse 6 knowing this that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin can you see why now as a Christian you are free from sin you are, you are. Romans chapter 8 says it, you are free from sin. It says, the law of the spirit of life has made you sin free and, and free, death free rather than free from the law of sin. Verse 8, now if we be dead with Christ, we believe also that we shall live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he lives, he lives unto God. Verse 11, likewise, oh, I love that word. Likewise, also, just like in this manner that we talked about Christ, reckon you yourselves also to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God. I told you it's now, it's a now thing through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when you understand these things, when you understand this truth, 
when you understand that the death of Jesus Christ was a vicarious death, that he carried upon himself the death of all men, you will now understand point number four. You must be convinced enough to tell it. You must tell someone else. Because if you don't tell that person, that person is subject to the first life. That person is subject to the life that Adam brought, that is filled, has been, has been penetrated with sin. Yes, the person is subject to that life if he doesn't know Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and then to the Gentiles. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. You need to tell it. You must be convinced. You must be convinced. Having been convinced of all these three things, you must be convinced of this last thing. Having understood all these three things, you must, be, you must be convinced of this last thing. You must acknowledge, you must realize that you are sent to tell it. And you are equipped with the energy, with the ability, with the power, with the dynamic ability of God and sufficiency to do it by the Holy Spirit. This is why you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost for your walk here on earth. He vitalizes your Christian walk. He vitalizes it. Who is he? He is God in you. There is God on the throne. There is God in flesh. There is God in you. Jesus Christ is the Father in flesh. The Holy Spirit is the Father in you. You need the Father in you. Why? Because you are his son. And no, no man leaves his son alone. No. He nourishes his son. The Bible says, no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, nourishes it rather. And the nourishment, the energy, the vitality comes through the Holy Spirit, through this voice of God that speaks to us. Oh, think about Jesus Christ. This was a man of conviction. And his convictions led him to the cross. Remember, as Gethsemane, he was on his knees. The Bible says he prayed a great prayer. And, you know, it's a, it's a medical condition called hematidro- hematidrosis that he went through in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane where blood came out of his forehead as sweat. He was sweating blood. That was the agony he was in because he knew he was going to be separated for the Father, from the Father for your sins. He was going to carry upon himself the sin of the whole world. Him who knew no sin became sin. That we may be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. His convictions moved him that far. Just like Paul said, the love of Christ constrains us and moves us to such extremes. He was, he was sure. He saw you when he was going to the cross. You must see him as you go about your life. You must see his life, his vicarious death, his, his burial, his resurrection. You must be convinced of it and you must tell others about it. This is your life. This is what you've been called to, brothers and sisters. At this point in time, I would just like to pray for everyone listening. I pray these words reach you. I pray they permeate your spirit and your whole being and energize you for the ministry, for the calling, for that thing that God has called you for on this earth. I pray that your convictions of Jesus Christ well in you greatly and cause you to do for Him. These words will become in you. They will make you what they talk about. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. What are your convictions like? 
Thank you all for listening. God bless you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. And I trust you were blessed by the word you received. If, if you've not given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're not born again, if you've not accepted him, this is your moment. This is your time. Don't postpone it till tomorrow. Don't wait another moment. You were not promised tomorrow, but what you were definitely promised was that if you accept this man as Lord over your life, then you would have divine life. You would have eternal life. So I want you to say these words with me and mean them from the bottom of your heart because there is no other hope for salvation than in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other answer to all your questions and all your problems than in the Lord Jesus Christ. So say these words after me and mean them from the bottom of your heart. Say, Oh Lord God, I believe with all my heart in Jesus Christ, Son of the living God. I believe He died for me and God raised Him from the dead. I believe He's alive today. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ over my life. Through him and in his name, I have eternal life. I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. I'm now a child of God. Hallelujah. Congratulations. If you said these words with me, you are now born again. You are now born again. And if you wish to, um, you should wish to grow as a Christian. So if to receive more information, you can come contact us through the description of this podcast the details are there the number and the email you can reach us through that place i want to pray for you now thank you lord for all these people who have given their hearts to you today father i thank you because you cocoon them in your love you cause them to walk in the paths of righteousness all the days of their life and they will definitely leave out the purposes for which you've called them onto your marvelous light in jesus name i prayed if this is your first time listening to the moments of the world of the glory of zion kindly send a feedback through the description um the contact details in the link in the description of, of the podcast thank you very much for listening if you've been on to us before stay tuned keep listening share the word give us your feedback we would really love it thank you very much for listening any offerings and givings should be made to the account description in um account details rather in the description of the podcast thank you very much for listening and god bless you this is the audio channel of the glory of zion we would really love to hear from you do send us a message to the number in the description of this podcast thank you god bless you